0: Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This week on the show, we talk with author and professor Owen Strand about the new documentary called The Heretic featuring author and speaker Rob Bell.
1: I understand the objections people raise to an exclusivistic God. The Bible is a book of hard truths. It's not a soft, palatable book. Rob Bell says, by the way, he's the one challenging a soft, palatable faith. Rob Bell is the one serving up a soft,
0: palatable faith. Hey, it's Isaac here, host of InDoubt. If you didn't know, and maybe you're new to the program, InDoubt exists to bring the gospel to the relevant issues of life and faith that we all face, cultivating conversation. Uh, we do this primarily through a weekly audio show, which you're listening to, and then publish articles, Bible studies, host live events, and more. So I'm glad to have you with us today. This week, we're talking all about Rob Bell, specifically the new documentary that's come out called The Heretic. This documentary is produced by friends and followers of Bell, and the title, The Heretic, is, you know, the way as they see it the general Christian church has deemed him. Uh, Many folks have heard of Rob Bell before, perhaps have read some of his books, uh, the most popular being Love Wins. Maybe you, like me, have watched his NUMA videos that were quite popular with the youth and young adult crowds back in the day. Well, when I first heard about this documentary, I was definitely intrigued. Rob Bell has made an impression on Christianity and I think it's important we hear what he has to say and then think critically and biblically about it. I wanted to talk with someone about it and I thought of author and professor Owen Strand. Owen has a sharp mind and I wanted to hear his views on this. So he was up to watching the film and then, in a way, informally critiquing it with myself. So it was a lot of fun. So here's a conversation on the new Rob Bell documentary, The Heretic. With me today is professor and author Owen Strand. Owen is currently associate professor of Christian theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he used to sit as president over the Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. Back in episode 89, actually, uh, Owen graciously chatted with me about sexuality and culture, so if you've been listening, you'll remember that. So it's great to have you back with us again, Owen.
1: Thank you so much, Isaac. It's great to be back with you.
0: So today, we're, we're briefly, because I mean, our times are, can be so short, but we're briefly discussing this new documentary, which I've already explained a little bit, uh, that's come out called The Heretic. And, and it's all about the, the life and teaching ministry of uh, Rob Bell for the last maybe 13, 14 years or so. Um, obviously, Rob Bell's teaching has made an impact on uh, Christians uh, for this last decade, so and even more so. So I think it's important that we address uh, this new film about him. Um, So I'm looking forward to chatting with you, Owen, uh, about it. Uh, Firstly, let's just jump straight in here. Uh, What is one thing, or maybe two things, that really just stuck out to you from the documentary? Maybe it was something that was said. Maybe it was something shown on the screen. Uh, Perhaps it was the way that the the cinematography was done, the music. What are a couple things that really stood out to you, Owen? The
1: first thing that stands out is that the film should be retitled. It should be called The Fundamentalist, colon. Rob Bell Walks Through Airports. (laughs) So that is my new title and subtitle for this film. Okay. Um, and and let me uh, let me explain just quickly because you asked for a couple quick takes. I think I can give them to you. In all seriousness, um, you know, Bell has been branded now and really has embraced, even as this this film shows uh, this label of heretic. But in reality, um, though Bell frequently denounces in the film and in his writings, uh, Christians like me and and like you and others who would hold that the Bible is god 's truth and Jesus is the only way to god and and things like this, though we 're the, the kind of the um, the fundamentalists in his sights, I actually think Rob Bell embraces his own form of fundamentalism and it 's on display in this film and here 's what I mean: Rob Bell believes that he has arrived at the proper interpretation of the Bible. And he has arrived at the correct theology of God, of salvation, of humanity. And he's offering us that in this film. Now, let me just note here at the outset, that's not how the film is presenting him. Again, it's presenting him as this genre-crossing, you know, church-defying rebel. And there's really a heroic cast to that rebellion on Bell's part. He's willing to speak the the countercultural truths that no one else is willing to voice he offers um he offers a mouthpiece for those who doubt for example and so what rob bell is doing this film is arguing essentially his documentary is that he is a, a more authentic um believer in god and bell himself uses language along that those lines. He, he, for example, denounces fundamentalists throughout the film. He also talks about the proper interpretation of scripture. And and honestly, Isaac, as a theologian, as a professor of theology at a seminary, I'm watching this film in preparation for our conversation, and I'm thinking, this guy is a fundamentalist in his own right.
0: Yeah. You know, oh, and that's a, it's an interesting point you make there. But when you talk about fundamentalists, there's a lot of people that don't quite understand what that word means. So could you just let us know what what Rob means when he's talking about fundamentalists, what you what you mean when you talk about fundamentalists?
1: Yeah, he and I are going to mean two different things. That's a good question. Uh, he's going to mean somebody who takes the Bible overly literally and has a very constricting interpretation of God and of salvation and of the church and who believes that Jesus is the only way uh, to heaven, but not simply that, that basically such people, such fundamentalists in bells handling are more excited really about talking about how people are going to burn for eternity who don't worship Jesus than they are talking about, you know, the actual saving God of the Bible. It should be said that I suppose there are some folks out there like that, um, who have that kind of, uh, antagonistic religious style. And so, um, you know, that's a that's an actual group of people, I suppose. There aren't many people I know like that. My understanding of a fundamentalist is not pejorative like uh, Bell's is. In terms of evangelical circles, if you call yourself a fundamentalist and you're not self-hating or something like this, you're meaning that you believe in separation as much as is possible from worldly influences, and so you're in a church that doesn't really engage the culture, that isn't really trying to get into dialogue with secular folks. You're trying to be a pure and pristine Christian outpost. I'm not a fundamentalist myself, um, although... The, the term has really shifted over the years, Isaac. J. Gresham Machen, for example, was called a fundamentalist in the early 20th century for believing in conservative biblical doctrine, for believing in miracles and the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ and that the Bible is the actual word of God. So <laughs> what I'm trying to say is fundamentalist is a term that people throw around a lot, and, and Bell himself uses it, and I, so I think it's ironic to apply it even to him.
0: Right, right, for sure. You know, from your perspective, I'm going to kind of jump here. What is it about Rob Bell and his teaching that attracts so many people? Because he kind of explains in the film that after he wrote Love Wins, you know, less people were coming to see him, but now it's sort of rising up again. So yeah, what is it about Rob Bell and his teaching that attracts people?
1: Well, Rob Bell is fundamentally a gifted communicator. He's a a clever speaker. He uses humor effectively. He at least in the past, you could tell when he was uh, when he was giving sermons. Read widely and uh, read interesting sources that perhaps some um, professing Christians wouldn't have read. So Rob Bell is is the dude in your high school class who is a deep cat. Uh, he he's you know <laughs> he's kind of against the man and uh, and sort of countercultural. He attracts a following in your high school because um, that posture uh, draws people. It always has. He's that kind of James Dean figure, if you will, in a a Protestant way. (laughs) Um, But he also draws because he twists the Bible. He relaxes the demands and duties of Christianity. He alters he offers an alternative understanding of the faith that is very different from what I would say is biblical Christianity, and a lot of people want a more palatable, culturally uh, tame kind of Christianity. You know, that's that's another irony, Isaac, frankly, uh, is that he's he's offering us this so-called, you know, rebellious, authentic Christianity, but it's actually pretty tame when you think about how our culture talks about inclusion and how our culture talks about tolerance for all and these sorts of things. Bell is really adapting his message to the times and he's drawing something of an audience. I didn't see uh, the venues in which he was speaking to be teeming, you know, just <laughs> hordes of people, but uh, people like that. There's a lot, it's, it's fascinating to me, there actually are a fair number of people who are pretty interested in what you could call lukewarm Protestantism or, or sort of vaguely theistic theism. They, they want there to be a God figure they want to embrace the mystery and beauty and rawness and pain of this life but they don't want to bow their knee to the biblical god of scripture
0: interesting yeah that's good now what rob bell's kind of uh preaching is this this isn't a new thing is 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 rob bell amongst others like him that are sort of pulling people towards this kind of lukewarm kind of christianity
1: yeah he's he's one of a tribe Uh, certainly to use one of his favorite words in the film. Peter Rollins, for example, is uh, interviewed in the film, uh, as are several others. But Rollins is the same kind of figure who has made a career, basically, of pristinating doubt. So in other words, you grow up in a conservative evangelical church, and you're going to be encouraged not to doubt God. Rollins and others are those who have tried to carve out a place for doubting, in evangelical faith. Rollins says, words to this effect in the film, he put his finger on a doubt and a questioning that was in that community, meaning the evangelical community, but wasn't able to be expressed. So there are a number of figures like uh, Bell, Rollins, Rachel Held Evans, who actually are somewhat tenaciously uh, holding fast to uh, a form of spirituality, even a form of theistic religion, but again, do not want to buy into the whole evangelical theological program of the Bible. Um, sometimes my tribe will make it sound like those types are going to become atheists overnight, and the fascinating thing is they haven't. Um, there really is this kind of middle lane for you to be vaguely theistic uh, if you want to be.
0: Right. That's good. Now, oh, and upon watching the film... I, d- Personally, I didn't really uncover a, you know, quote-unquote, call to action. So, you know, for example, if I was really intrigued or, or I was convinced by what uh, Rob was saying, um, I, I wouldn't really know what to do or where to go um, other than maybe <laughs> go buy his book or go surf or something like that. I don't know if you experienced this as well, but what do you think the producers of this film were trying to uh, accomplish? Was it just kind of saying, hey, everyone, Rob Bell is still here. I don't know. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, what do you think?
1: yeah fascinating question. It certainly is kind of a puff piece for Rob Bell. It's not a classic documentary in the sense that other than some quick sound bites of mostly you know red-faced shouting uh, preachers right there's no there's no alternative presented to Bell's view so if you're doing a traditional documentary of the kind you know that is that is to be taken very seriously as an intellectual work, uh, then usually you at least do something to showcase the other side's perspective. Uh, and and the, the strongest documentaries, just like the strongest public voices, are those who are able to surface the views that disagree with them and then perhaps overcome them. There's, there's no such byplay in the heretic in this Rob Bell profile. It's basically just, as I said earlier, uh, Rob Bell walks through the back of bookstores in the Midwest. I mean, it's just kind of funny. Um, <laughs> it's it's also ironic, I keep raising these ironies, but they just kept, uh, it was like s- uh, snakes in the grass. Like, as I'm watching this, they kept jumping up and biting me. Um, Bell, at the beginning, talks about how uh, me- megachurch, mainstream evangelicalism has become deeply entrenched, he says, with capitalism. And I just had to laugh because you're asking rightly about what the call to action is of this film. And it seemed to me that the call to action is basically just to keep supporting the Rob Bell (laughs) industrial book writing complex. I mean, you know, you got to buy this film for almost 10 bucks. And I actually looked online at his uh, upcoming tour. He's going to be in Chicago and prices start. I repeat prices start at one hundred eighty eight dollars. So I thought, man, this is a good gig where you can you can get pats on the back for critiquing capitalism and you can make in one night more money than most of us make in six months. That's not a bad gig right there. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's crazy. I did not know that. Thanks for sharing that. Wow. Um, oh, and near the end of the film, uh, you could hear a woman meet him at a book signing table and she says something uh, to the idea of, you know, I just wanted to thank you so much. I've learned so much. Uh, growing up as a fundamentalist, your book is eye-opening, um, it's just something like that. And she was probably in her 30s and obviously we can't know specifics. We don't know who this woman is. We don't know what her upbringing was, anything like that. But why do you think she believes Rob's teaching is eye-opening uh, for her compared to her upbringing?
1: Well, if you grow up in an evangelical church, uh, to be to be very honest, in many of those kind of settings, you are going to be trained in a certain hermeneutic, a way to interpret the scriptures. You are going to be taught a body of doctrine about Christ, about uh, God the Father, about salvation, about heaven and hell, about eschatology, um, and you frankly aren't going to be invited to a kind of open source conversation where whatever you think. Uh, matters as much as whatever the Bible says. Um, Let's be honest. Christianity is an exclusivistic faith. It is that. The Bible, it's an uncompromising book. Here's one point of contact between, for example, what I would teach and think and what Rob Bell would teach and think. I actually do agree with him that our lives are filled with beauty and mystery and wonder and awe and raw pain, and that furthermore, the Bible, just like our lives, is not a tame book. I mean, the Bible has some wild stuff in it that frankly does not uh, allow itself to be shrink-wrapped in easy theological categories at times. But the The distinction between someone like me and someone like Bell is going to be that I actually think all of the wonder and mystery and beauty and pain is expressed by the Scripture. I mean, I'm reading Job. I'm reading the psalmist. I'm reading imprecatory psalms. I'm seeing Jesus face down the Pharisees or alternatively go silent as he's just about to be handed over to death. I'm reading about the, the return in the clouds of Christ. Honestly, Isaac, the this is not uh, a prayer closet kind of book that I'm reading. This is a wild book that I'm reading. Now, I don't mean by that that you can't make sense of the Bible. I don't mean by that that there isn't you know clear definition to biblical theology. These sorts of things. I'm just trying to say I do think there's an element here where the faith is a mysterious, wonderful, beautiful faith. I I'm very sad. To go to your question directly, I'm very sad to hear people going up to Bell in the film and saying things like you quoted, because I am so sad to hear that because they they don't need to go outside the bounds of orthodoxy to embrace wonder, mystery, and beauty. It's actually found in uh, biblical Christianity.
0: Yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I just to kind of even continue this idea, you know, obviously, you know, Rob boasts of this more mysterious, authentic uh, spirituality. And, and but you're saying no 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 it's it's here we open this this book this Bible and it's full of this mysterious dark like it's crazy the stories that you're reading here when you look around I mean you're in a you're an interesting place uh kind of role you get to kind of look around and travel and sort of see the general um understanding of how what pastors and different Christian authors are saying do you see um a a sort of uh a preaching of the mystery of God today, um, because if this is what this woman you know wants, she wants to see that it's not just you know uh, you know khakis and, and a tie. she wants to know that there actually is this this depth, this authentic depth. Do you see in your line of sight this being kind of talked about today?
1: I don't think a ton of preachers have an what you could call an aesthetic impulse. Meaning, I don't know that every preacher out there is always attuned to the full dimensions of the, the mystery and wonder and beauty and rawness of uh, biblical faith, but I'm not meaning by that to drop a sledgehammer on pastors. Your average pastor, with the, the duties on his back, is doing very well to exegete a passage faithfully. Uh, and apply it to his people in a Christocentric way. If he's doing that, uh, preaching the original meaning of the passage and then preaching the Christocentric meaning of the passage, realized through a biblical theological grid, then I'm very happy with what he's doing. If he's loving his people, if he's shepherding his sheep, if he's rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourning with those who mourn, I think he's he's doing what God calls him to do. I, I do think that we have to know that the artistic among us do have these Desires to tap into the lived experience of the Bible, and sometimes we don't give full voice to to the depth and richness of Scripture. I mean, I heard this read in my church recently, just in terms of like the New Testament reading. Um, the pastor read Luke twelve forty nine. Jesus says, "This I came to bring fire on the earth." Luke twelve forty nine. That's a great example Isaac and it's this is one of tons in the Bible where you realize that you can simultaneously understand the meaning of a passage in fact I think you should work really hard to do that and the Bible is intelligible it's God's revelation it's not God's gobbledygook it's God's revelation <laughs> but but if you do that you got to know that the very words of the bible are going to are going to blow your mind regularly and so man i got stuck in my devotions for like two or three days, just on Luke 12, 49, thinking about these words from Jesus. I came to bring fire on the earth. Are you kidding me? He sounds like a Johnny Cash song. I mean, <laughs> what is this? I've never heard anyone read that. I, I, you go to Lamentations, you go to Ecclesiastes, um, uh, you, you go to the stories of the Bible, the, the, the lived experiences of someone like Ruth, and you recognize, again, let me just underline this. You do not have to reject the authority and inerrancy of the Bible to reap incredible wonder from it. It's the I actually think you can argue that it's the, it's the person who loves the scripture and sees it as the very word of God who is most positioned to see those things. We don't always make good on that, let me be clear, in our pulpits or in our classrooms, you know, I'm a, I'm a professor, uh, or in our devotional lives, but it's right. It's not because the word of God is tame, bound, boring, uh, you know, or low definition. The word of God is a lion waiting to roar and pounce on us.
0: So good, thank you, Owen, for that. Uh, two more quick things, and then we're going to wrap this up. Rob says something like a couple times. He says Jesus came to bring universal solidarity to the earth. Um, how, how would you respond to this quote?
1: No, that would be my <laughs> response. Okay. Uh, Jesus, Jesus did not, Jesus did not come to bring universal solidarity. This is this just isn't this isn't the Bible. Jesus came to cast fire on the earth. Jesus came to separate the sheep from the goats. Jesus came to make a people for himself. I understand the objections people raise to an exclusivistic God. The Bible is a book of hard truths. It's, It's not a soft, palatable book. Rob Bell says, by the way, he's the one challenging a soft, palatable faith. Rob Bell is the one serving up a soft, palatable faith. His, his version of Christianity causes no friction, basically, between predominant uh, postmodern worldview of our time. There's a few places, but it's basically a microwavable, religionized version of a postmodern worldview. Whereas the actual warp and woof of Scripture takes us places we do not expect, frankly, um, raises hard truths for us to get our arms around, including that Jesus did not come to bring everybody to heaven. And depending on how you handle the love of God and what you mean by the love of God, Jesus is not, at the very least, Jesus is not going to bring everybody to heaven in the
0: Bible. And and in the last part, too, I mean, you'd probably agree with me that there wasn't if any, talk about the cross or about the gospel the way that you and I would uh, proclaim it. But at the very end of the film, as he's getting on his surfboard, he, he says, you know, w- this announcement, which he says, which is called the gospel, it's the announcement that you're loved exactly as you are. So what are your thoughts on this? Is This is the only thing that Rob said really about the gospel in his words. It's the announcement that you're loved exactly as you are.
1: The gospel message of the Bible, of the New Testament specifically, is the message of messages. It cannot be topped, It cannot be exceeded. It is the central truth of the Christian life. It is an absolute uh, ideological miracle, this gospel message that Jesus died uh, for our sins and was raised for our vindication. But um, that is altogether different from the message that God loves you just the way you are. It is true that God has acted in love towards sinners by sending his son to the grim, gruesome death uh, on a cross. It is not true that God is fine with you staying the way you are in response to the cross. And that's where you see, you're, you're totally right to point that out, That is uh, Bell's uh, sort of soft universalism creeping out. Christians announce a much better doctrine of love. Love in the biblical sense is not affirmative of your sin. Your weakness, your lust, your raw pagan desires. Love in the biblical sense is transformative. It calls you to be conformed to the very image of Christ, to die to yourself, and by the power of Christ's blood and, 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 and tomb, to come to new life. That is true love. True love is not stay the way you are. True love is be changed into the image of Jesus yeah. himself.
0: That's so good. Thank you so much, Owen, uh, for your for your time and your and your wisdom today. I really did enjoy this. Um, if you're interested in hearing more from Owen, he has a blog at uh, Pathios called Christian Mind, and I can obviously put the link on our episode page for that. But he also heads up the Center for Public Theology, and you can find more at cpt.mbts.edu. Uh, and he actually has his own podcast there as well. So anyways, thank you again, Owen. I really did enjoy it.
1: Isaac, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks.
0: That was myself and author and professor Owen Strand sort of informally critiquing the documentary called The Heretic featuring Rob Bell. Again, the links to the sites just mentioned uh, will be on the episode page. And I didn't really say anything about it before, but Owen's also written many different books. So at that website that I told you about, the cpt.mbts.edu, all of his books are listed there. So you definitely want to go check those out. Perhaps you have questions from this episode or thoughts that you'd like to contribute. I mean, there was a lot said on kind of emergent Christianity, progressive Christianity. We would love to hear from you so you can connect with us. Online at Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Again, it would be great to hear from you. Now, if you didn't know, Indout is a charity. We are a nonprofit in Canada. Everything we do is given out for free. So, this podcast, obviously, our articles, even our Bible studies for individuals and group use. Even our events, we don't put prices on the tickets or anything like that. It's all given out for free because we want you to be able to have access to these things and critically and biblically think about it all. But obviously, and you'd know this, it costs us lots of money to do all of these things. So a- after prayer and consideration, you think maybe you'd like to support us financially, uh, it's really easy to do so. Just click the Donate button and then the I Listen to In Doubt option at indoubt.ca if you live in Canada, or Indoubt.com if you live in the States. A couple of months ago, we had our Let's Talk Marijuana Indoubt Live event. Many of you, if you were listening, uh, have heard about us talking about it. It was a great event, lots of fun. We had Dr. John Newfeld, Dr. Mark Ward, and Dr. Lucinda McCorry giving 15-minute presentations on you know, different aspects of Christianity and marijuana, really uncovering the question or answering the question, what is the Christian perspective? on marijuana. Well, next week we hear Dr. John Newfeld's 15-minute presentation at this event as he really looks at the Bible and all of it, Genesis to Revelation, and gives solid truths and principles that help all of us, especially in our Canadian context, navigate our changing times, including the soon-to-be legalization of recreational marijuana. So we'll see you then.